Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. This day is not about just the cross, it's that the tomb is empty and that Jesus Christ is alive. And we, amen. And I don't think we need God to come and resuscitate us. I think we need him to resurrect us. And after what our world has been through in the last three to four years, we don't need divine spiritual CPR. We need a God who would become a human being, who would go to a cross, who would die, who would be buried, but then he would be raised on the third day. I want to have a new type of experience, encounter in life. We are experiencing right now, I believe this, the resurrection presence of Jesus Our God isn't dead. They couldn't kill him or keep him in the ground. He's very much alive. Can you say amen? And we believe that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Song of Solomon. It's in the Old Testament. It's after Proverbs and uh, Ecclesiastes. Then we'll go to Corinthians chapter 15. And today I want you to begin to think this past week is called Holy Week. And so on Good Friday is when he suffered, he experienced his passion, then he was buried, and he went into the realm of the dead on Holy Saturday, but then he broke out the biggest jailbreak ever on Sunday, this day, the Lord's Day, Resurrection Sunday. I want you to begin in this verse, begin to pay attention to the word death engrave in love. And I want you to know love is always stronger than the grave. Here we go. It says, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Say that with me. For love is as strong as death. All the ladies said? Man, they can read, huh? Got some cool ladies up in hell. And all the dudes said? Well, we know who the superior is in this room. Let's say it together. And love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as a grave. God is jealous for us. God is jealous for us that he'd go to a grave but that grave couldn't hold him because then he came up out of that grave. And I love that. I now want to read this from the message paraphrase, this same verse, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. It says, hang my locket around your neck. Wear my ring on your finger. Love is invincible, facing danger and death. Passion laughs at the terror of hell. The fire of love stops at nothing. It sweeps everything before us. Floodwaters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can't put it out. Love can't be bought. It can't be sold. It's not to be found in the marketplace. Why? Because love is stronger than death. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
This is the resurrection chapter. And let's begin to read uh, these verses 3 through 8. This is Paul writing. He says, For I delivered for, uh, to you first of all that which I also received. We cannot give you anything we have not received. But today, you're going to receive really a fresh encounter with a God who is risen. And it goes on that Christ died for our sin. I want to just park the car on that statement. Mahatma Gandhi died, Abraham died, Moses died, Ronald Reagan died, Billy Graham died, Socrates died, but none of them died for sin. And he didn't say that he died for sins, the activity of selfishness or self-will, but he died for who we had become as a human race. And we were born sinners. You see, we didn't become sinners when we sinned. We sinned because we were born that way, and now we can be born again, not just resuscitated, but resurrected. Then he goes on, he says this, he said, he died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, he was placed in a grave, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, this is uncanny. If you've ever thought that Jesus in the resurrection was just kind of like a Disney folklore that these 11 men who were afraid hiding out from the Roman Empire and the scribes and the Pharisees would fabricate this. It says this here, that he was seen at, uh, by over 500 brethren at once. So there was a situation that 500 people, that would be more people in the room now and online, 500 people at once, and it says, whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. He then was seen by James, by all the apostles. Then Paul says in verse 8, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. I want to begin to think about just the concept of pain or suffering in death, which interesting when our boys were born, it seems like yesterday, I was telling my son Jude, I tell Jake this all the time, we went on Wednesday when the Mario movie came out. If you want a power nap in the afternoon, take your grandchildren to Mario. And if you go to downtown Ventura Cinema, they have the chairs kind of go out like a recliner. And so towards the end of the movie, I must have been snoring. Rio goes, Jude, Jude, that's what my grandsons call me. Jude, wake up, you're missing the best movie ever. And he's like, no, I'm getting the sleep I need it. You know, I'm still recovering from being a parent. I now know why. I'm sorry, I don't think you should have children when you're older. You don't have the energy. The other day, Becky and I go, I'm tired. She goes, I'm tired. You sat on the couch, we're tired. Why? We watch the grandchildren, that's why. Are you with me? But you know what's interesting? I tell Jake and them, and I want you to begin to think about this. It seems like yesterday, you were born. We took our baby home. And in that moment, they begin to experience what is called the death process. And if you don't believe that once you're born, it begins to work 
to death except for the believer. You see, the believer, every day that passes and it seems like we experience death, actually we've crossed over from death to life. We experience life because we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know it looks like death is getting the upper hand. And when you begin to think about death, and the scripture says in Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 6, that love is stronger than death, and jealousy more powerful than the grave. I want you to begin to think a pandemic that lasted for almost four years. Every nation on the earth was affected. Lies were affected and taken. And then a war, we're seeing so much chaos in the time we're living in that some who don't even believe in the end of the world are saying, this may be it. And can I say, it looks like death won. But it started with the first family. When Cain took the life of Abel, it looked like death won. Then Abraham came, and it looked again like death won. Noah escaped the flood, but yet he would die, and it looked like death would win. King David, the king that brought the glory of God to the nation of Israel, would die, and it would appear that death won. Is there any situation in your life or my life where it looks like death got the upper hand? How about Isaiah? Isaiah, that eagle-eyed prophet who can literally see things for thousands of years ahead. And he would begin to pin it, uh, pin it down. Manasseh, the worst king of Judah, had Isaiah brutally sawn in two and took his life. And it looked like death had won. But get this, when Manasseh, because he changed his mind, he changed his heart. The Bible says he humbled himself in prison and he accepted God. He didn't find, find God because God's not lost. God found him. And when Manasseh got there, he told Isaiah, he said, I'm sorry I saw you in two. Isaiah says, I know it looks like death one. It was a shortcut to glory. And it looks like death one. And when death comes, for me, the first time I was 16 and my father passed away in the night. And I remember tears falling down my face and my heart was broken. And I felt an emptiness and an ache and a grief. And it looked like death had won. But at that grave, I had an impression somehow that God was real and he was good. And that because of the resurrection, we're not only forgiven, we become children of God. You see, Easter has two great elements. Number one, he died for our sin, not just our wrong choices, but who we were as people. But he was raised that you and I could call God Father in Jesus our brother. In the greatest words of the Lord's Prayer, our Father. And it looked like death had won. When Jesus was put in the ground, can you imagine 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, I had enough because love and death have been fighting ever since, like two gladiators getting in a coliseum going at it. But Jesus rolled up his sleeves and he fought death all over Jerusalem. He wrestled him on the cross. Then they put him in a tomb in a grave and it looked like death had won. And what did death say? I got you.
I got you like I've gotten every human being. And it looked like death had won. Oh, death started uh, planning a party. One of those Friday night Louisiana, New Orleans parties. That goes throughout the whole weekend. And it looked like death had one. But then Saturday came and they cranked up the music. And death said, Grave, you got him. And Grave says, I got him, boss. And it looked like death had won. But Sunday morning came and all of a sudden, Jesus said, I had enough of you. You've been bullying people too long. And he came up out of that grave. Love is stronger than death. What's dying in you during the pandemic? For me, it was the death of my father and the death of my mother. What is gone that hurts your heart still that will bring tears running down your face where your heart breaks? I stand before us today on this Easter morning and I say love is stronger than death. And there's not one thing that death can rob us of any longer because you know what love says oh death where is your sting oh hell where is your victory it is swallowed up in Jesus Christ come on And the resurrection of Jesus Christ confirms, authenticates all his teaching, all his work, and who he is. It proves that he's totally God and totally man. As God, he would offer the humanity of his son on a cross. But yet it was the Father, it was the Son, it was the Holy Spirit who raised the Son out of the grave. The Father said through the Spirit of holiness, I'll raise my my son up. What did Jesus say? No, you don't have power to take my life. I lay my life down. Why? That I may pick it up again. Why? Because love is stronger than death. Say it with me because and you know what? The grave. The grave has a jealousy. Where is it? Where is the wealthiest place in any city in the world? From Singapore to L.A.? Mexico City to Tokyo, where is it? Is it at Amazon? Is it at a bank? Is it at a lending institution? Is it the home of a billionaire? Where is the wealthiest place in any town or city? I'll tell you where it's at. It's the grave. Because in the cemetery in the grave is medicines that were never discovered. Songs that were never sung, books that were never written, dreams that were never realized. Hillary Clinton, years ago, Mother Teresa had come to the United States, and Hillary Clinton, the former secretary, Madam Secretary of State, asked Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, why is it that in America that we have not had a woman president yet? And you know what Mother Teresa said? She said she probably was aborted. The grave has robbed many of us because when death strikes, it looks like death won, but love is stronger than death. And the grave is our God comes to the realm of the dead and he raises us up. Can you say amen? I want you to say resurrection, not recitation. Say recitation, 
Did I say that right? No, dear God. It's Becky's fault. No, it's not. It's my dumb fault. My goodness. I.K., I wrote it, resuscitate. What was I trying to say? What was the word I was trying to say? Oh, I was saying recitate. Okay, is that a Louisiana word? Yeah, I've been recitated. Yes, I have. Resuscitated. Oh, my goodness. Resuscitated. I, I, I feel like I'm that cat on the animated film. You know, I think I saw a putty cat, you know. Re, resuscitated. Okay, don't you dare get me off track. I only have a few minutes left up in here. I'm going to have the keys come up. Before Easter, Jesus raised three people from the dead. He raised Jairus' daughter. He was a temple ruler, and she was 12. That would be the greatest pain for me. That would be very strong, that death in that grave. Stronger than mom or dad. That would be horrific. He raised her from the dead. They had another young man. His mom was a widow. She was from a town called Nain, and he was dead, and Jesus stopped. They had a, a profession, a funeral profession. He stopped, put his hand in the coffin, and that young man rose. Can I say, whatever in your mind, heart, and life that has been coughed because of severe pain and suffering, the very person of God will come, and he'll reach into that tomb, and he will heal. Then there was Lazarus. The famous story of Lazarus, John 9. Lord, if you had been here, oh, I've asked God that. Where were you? Where were you? Why did you turn a blind eye to me? It looked like death won. And he stopped. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, get this. On the last day, we will be raised, I believe. Then he called forth Lazarus, and Lazarus came forth. Don't get this. And he still had grave clothes on. And he said, loose him and let him go. And all three of these before Easter were resuscitated. But... They would go back, you must get this, to an ordinary life. Their life would never change. Jesus, on Sunday morning, 2,000 years ago, did not need CPR. He was not resuscitated. He was resurrected. And there is a clear difference between being resurrected and resuscitated. Lazarus, Jairus, his daughter, and the young man from Nain all went back to ordinary life and would eventually have some type of pain and would die again. Jesus would never go back to his life 
again because his resurrection involved not only the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father himself raised his Son up, not gave him CPR through the Spirit of holiness. The Son even said, he said this, no, Pilate, you don't have authority to take my life. I lay my life down only to take it back up again. Then Romans says the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It did not say the same Spirit who performed CPR on him that he could just go back to living the way he wanted. Resurrection means you can never be the same ever again. That we're not just made better to feel better, to go back to a life that's empty. No, we have been filled with the life and the presence and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know I'm starting to get excited up in here. Last week, this young high schooler asked their mom, Mom, why is he screaming like that? She goes, well, he's passionate about what he's saying, and I screamed during the Lakers game. So don't be judging my screaming when you scream at the TV all the time. I can't even watch political news. They think I start yelling at the TV. You know you may be missing a few marbles when you start yelling at a movie that's not real. <laughs> I don't want to be resuscitated. I want to be resurrected. I want to tell you a story as I am. I still remember this as if it was yesterday. I was 20 years old. I just finished my last final. And my mom has 12 kids. She had 12 children in her family. On my mom's side alone, I have 66 first cousins. Yeah, I could have been the cardinal or the governor of Louisiana, I know that. <laughs> and so I went to visit my Aunt Grace, who lived in northern Louisiana. She had nine kids, her and Uncle Ray. It was on a Friday, we got there, and man, she was a good cook. And she cooked, we ate, we laughed. I was hanging out with my cousins. So the next day, it was a Saturday. I'll never forget it. Saturday afternoon. And Aunt Grace, because back then, they didn't have refrigerators where you could get water out of the door of the refrigerator. That would have been like the Jetsons if we had that. <laughs> so they had so many kids, they didn't want them opening the refrigerator. They had a big igloo filled with water and ice, and the kids could go and get water because Louisiana's hot. And one of the kids went to get water, and they screamed. And Uncle Ray was on the floor. He had passed out. He wasn't breathing. He was purple. And the oldest daughter, my cousin Regina, Gina Ray, and me, I started doing chest compressions, and she started performing CPR. I yelled at one of the other kids, I think it was Cena or Lee, I said, go to the neighbor, she's a nurse, we need help. I told the other, my Aunt Grace was beside herself. I said, call the ambulance now, and when they got there, Uncle Ray was dead. And they put a shot in right in his chest, then they took the shocker pads out, and they took him to Shumpert Hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana, 
And back then, this is so long ago, they had two waiting rooms for ICU and he was on a ventilator. One was a non-smoking waiting room. The other one was a smoking waiting room. And that's kind of how eternity is going to be, a non-smoking and a smoking. People ask me all the time, Pastor Jude, will I go to hell if I smoke? I said, no, you're not going to hell if you smoke. You'll go to hell because you don't trust God with your life. You trust yourself more with you than you trust God with you. And that's called faith. I said, no, you'll go to heaven if you trust God and have faith. Now, you'll get there sooner and you'll smell like hell when you arrive. (laughs) Right? Well, Aunt Grace, I didn't even think that was sin. Of course she needed to smoke. She had nine kids. (laughs) You'd smoke too if you had nine kids. What, another one? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you guys are making me act really goofy on Easter morning. I swear to you, You have not been resuscitated. You can be resurrected right now. In that ICU filled with so much smoke, I prayed a prayer in my heart. And Grace didn't even know I prayed it. There was only one who heard it. Only God himself could. I had believed in God. I had accepted Christ in eighth grade. But no, it was inconsistent. I said, God, if you let him live, because my aunt has nine children. She has no employment. He was worked for the Corps of Engineer. I will do whatever you want me to do and I will serve you and trust you fully. And that was the moment I trans, transferred, if you will, or moved in from being resuscitated to being resurrected. And I would never, ever go back to the life I once lived. And I knew that he was raised from the dead because he so powerfully came in me. And so within 24 hours, they said my uncle experienced a medical miracle. He was resuscitated and he would outlive my aunt. He would outlive my mom, but yet he would then eventually die. But something happened in that smoking waiting room that was not like church and it didn't have music. They didn't have candles. Something happened to a 20-year-old's heart. I shift from believing God and believing in God to having an experience with the God who is resurrected. And my life would change. And I never went back. It does not mean I am perfect. But it does mean I am a different type of person. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ authenticates his person, his teaching, his work. And I am now in the family of God. I am no longer a sinner. I am no longer viewed as just someone struggling, trying to get God. No, I am a child of God. Why? Through the resurrection of Jesus. I want to say one last thing. I did not say this at the uh, first service. 
when Jesus went and presented his glorified body, by the way, he could walk through walls, he ate fish, he could disappear, then reappear, he could disguise himself, but when he went and presented his body, you must know this, the humanity of the Son of God is now joined with the Father and joined with the Holy Spirit. Humanity is now a part of the Trinity. And I felt the impression to tell someone here today, wherever your worst pain was, where you wanted to scream and yell and cuss at him because you thought death won, now he knows personally the humanity when we hurt he hurts when we're struggling he struggles he's not a god that's a vapor or somewhere so distant our god is close to each one of us can you say amen will you stand okay no more screaming i'll go low for you will you do me a favor just maybe put your hands out like this. If you don't want to, no pressure, but it's, I don't know. It's not hard to do. It's like carrying the plasma TV. That's it. And this is, now listen to this. He made the world and he came into the world, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, the Jewish people of Israel. And his own, get this, did not receive him. But those who receive and believe he gave them the right, the authority to become children of God. And that is the result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He took my life, he took your life, and we could never return to ordinary again. Amen. I want to just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we invite you. You raised Jesus from the dead. And now quicken, quicken our body, touch our mind. And Lord, the area of our life where it looks like death won, and we left a part of our soul and coughed in tomb in a day in the past, we now ask you come in to that tomb, that grave, in your jealous love, let it touch us. And Holy Spirit, you're real. You're beautiful. And you now share humanity that we can experience your divinity. And God, where some of us were almost demonized, we're asking that you will divinize us, elevate us, creating us a new type of human being. And we pray that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into the very name of the Lord Jesus Christ, just right where you're at. It's not just believing in God. Many people have a mentor, intellectual assent that there probably is a higher power. It's trusting God. It's trusting God with every part of you, your mind, your heart, your soul. It begins there but it goes into the spirit of your being. And you experience a God who's not just a creed, but he's alive. And where your heart has become an empty tomb, he will fill it 
with his person and his presence. But it takes trusting him with all your heart, all your mind. And what we're going to do, I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you, if you've, you've never trusted Jesus with every part of you, that's faith. When I count to three, I just simply want you to raise your hand. It's saying that I believe, yes, it begins personal, but it doesn't stay that way. So when I count to three, you're saying, I'm going to trust God with all my heart. You're going to raise your hand. One, you said, I want to trust him. And when you do, you'll see love is stronger than death. And when you raise your hand, you will know by faith and trust that that part of you does not have to stay in that grave any longer. And you will be transformed into a child of God. So one, two, three, right now. If that's you, I want to trust God. Look, hands all over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Come on. Nine, ten. Stomp, cheer in Jesus' name. Come on. In Jesus' name. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Lord, I trust you with all my mind, with all my intelligence. And I say that you are the Lord of my heart, the Lord of my mind, the Lord of my life. And I now am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.